Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Time For Us. Thank you for joining me this week. As per usual, it is an absolute pleasure to have your earballs, your eardrums, your ear holes at my attention. So thank you very much for making the time to listen, making the time for us. It's me, your host, Danny Wallace. And this week, I come to you to discuss the topic of lies. Tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies. How to say it? But yes, lies. Because I feel like they're such a central part of the way we operate amongst each other as human beings. And we have all lied. We have all been lied to and we have all lied. So that makes all of us liars. <laughs> if, that's, if those are the statistics, if those are the numbers that I've just run, it means that every single one of us is a liar at some point or has lied. So why not discuss it? It seems quite applicable, to be honest. I have heard, I think, one or two podcasts or read an article or something along those lines. Not sure exactly the medium of information which I digested, but some information came to me. And what I read or learnt is of two different people who had taken it upon themselves to run a personal experiment in their lives of not lying. So they would have, I guess, stopped lying for a a period of time. I think the one lady that I read about or heard about, she did it for a year. And then they kind of discussed what it was like. Both of them had nothing but positive things to say about their experiment, which piqued my interest because then I thought, naturally, as an individual myself, I feel like I have quite a strong aversion to lies And almost I can be a little bit too honest sometimes, I think. I think that that's not always a good thing. I'm not saying it's as if it's something that I'm tooting my horn about because in all honesty, sometimes being too honest in the way that I've done it in the past could almost feel as if it's um, maybe like seeking out a situation in which you're creating tension or or being a little bit self-righteous. So I'm not saying that it's always like an amazing thing to be brutally honest or to be, I don't know if you can be too honest. I suppose maybe you can. It all comes down to tact. But considering the way that I perceive myself and my self-understanding and then hearing about this lying experiment, I thought it seems as though it's something that would be very fitting for me to attempt. And as I said, it got my interest. So here we are. This podcast is the first part of a two-part series that I'm going to be doing. Both of them will be solo episodes. And in this episode, I am going to just get into some of the philosophy around lying, um, trying to define what lying is. And then I'll also chat about white lies. Obviously, with talking about lies comes the discussion around truthfulness and honesty and integrity. So all of these wonderful things are going to be discussed in this podcast and then the follow-up podcast will be one in which I discuss my experience of having spent about two weeks without lying at all or doing my best to communicate purely in honesty and integrity and avoid lies at all costs no matter how big or how small they are and the reason we're going for two weeks is because it will be the time from the release of this episode until the release of my next solo episode so that's two weeks that's why it'll be two weeks and yeah I'll just discuss my findings my experiences what it felt like how other people experienced me 
whether it was liberating, whether it was revealing about the way I navigate my life, all of those things will come in the second episode that I release on lying as a part of this two-part series. I must say that I'm really quite excited to see how my life unfolds in adapting or in adopting this different approach to my life because I've kind of been doing things one way for in the last 30 years, although I will say I'm not a liar per se, but to be a little bit more intentional about the way that I communicate, knowing that my anchor will always be complete honesty and truth to myself and in communicating that to others. Yeah, I'm quite interested to see how things change, if if things will even change that much. I'm sure that they will. In sitting down to do this podcast, it's also inspired some self-reflection, as it always does. And one of the things that came to mind around lying, um, you know, I'm away at the moment on the Amalfi Coast. What a lucky bitch. What a little lucky motherfucking bitch. That's me. Sorry to say it, but also not sorry. Fucking exhilarated and excited about it. But I'm here with my boyfriend and Dirk and Morgana, two of my really close friends. And we've been having this conversation around lying now because they obviously know that I'm building up to making this podcast. Sorry, it's a little bit late. It is because I've been traveling and have lost all concept of time and up and down. So I'm trying, I'm doing my best and could be doing better. I'm not going to lie to you. I could, I mean, I, I love that I say I'm not going to lie to you because that is one of my go-to t- like taglines of my existence. But I could definitely be trying a little harder to dedicate time to this stuff. But I'm also trying to make time to just live my life and enjoy the opportunity of being here and traveling while I can because it is quite rare and quite beautiful. I digress. I have been having conversations around me doing this podcast and we've opened the floor and had many beautiful debates actually. I love it when you have friends like that, that you can speak about these things and everyone has their own um, viewpoint and we listen to each other and I loved it, absolutely loved it. So that was some of my day yesterday discussing lying and in putting it out there and having these conversations leading up to this point, I've also become aware that, actually I've always kind of known this, but I'll articulate it to you guys, that I think I have such an aversion to lying because when I was younger, I used to lie quite a lot. When I say younger, I mean, geez, probably like teen years. Um, yeah, like teenish years. And when I say teenish years, now that I'm thinking about it further, I probably mean in terms of being aware that I was lying and aware of manipulating the truth or withholding information and doing it pretty bad intentions. Um, maybe not bad intentions, but just not with the best intentions. Although this book that I've read on lying, which has been the foundation of this experiment and will be the foundation of this podcast, it's called Lying. And it's written by a gentleman named Sam Harris. He discusses it very philosophically and provides many incredible examples of when we would have lied in our interactions or relationships with people and how no matter how we justify those lies applying the truth or being honest would in in essence always result in a better outcome that's kind of his argument and he ends the book saying that there really is no reason to lie 
which is I know quite a bold thing because you can make extreme examples and you can say, what if there was a fugitive in my house? What if I was hiding, you know, a, a child that had escaped a concentration camp in my cupboard and then the Nazis came knocking, knocking on my door and they said, do you have a child here? Like, what do you say then? Do I, do I be honest and say, yes, there's a child here? Is that my moral obligation if I've decided that I'm not going to lie? So there's like a whole lot of conversations and examples that he goes off to discuss, which I think is really quite thought-provoking, definitely gets the cogs turning, and sometimes the cogs need to be turned. So I, I could not recommend more just reading this book. It's not a long read. It's very short. In fact, I listened to the audiobook, so I cheated. I even cheated further. I love reading, but yeah, this time I listened to the audiobook. It was about an hour long. It's a really short listen, so... Something to think about, something to potentially add to your to-do list. Yet again, I digress. I was mentioning this book because in the book, he says that children don't tell white lies specifically until about four years old. So we learn how to lie from a very young age. And if I think back on myself, I probably was telling white lies here and there when I was little. But I, I can distinctly remember a phase in my life, in my teens, where... I would lie and do some shady shit. So having outgrown that and evolved, and I'm quite proud of the person that I am to this day, like where I am now, I'm very proud of myself and my personal growth. It's taken many years of self-acceptance and self-love to be able to even look back at that younger Danielle and not completely like die of embarrassment of myself. So that's, I've come a long way and I really do love and accept myself. But I think those years, having been a liar and having lived with that feeling, it's like a, such a corrosive, toxic, it's, it's quite, it's actually sickening. It feels like an, like, like an illness or like acid reflux kind of feeling when you are lying and living in lies, you know? Even something as small as like, I'll give you an example. I mean, maybe I'm being really hard on myself. I'm sure that there are worse examples that I did lie about. But like, I had a stepsister. If I would borrow clothes from her, I wouldn't borrow. I'm lying. There, That's a lie. That was not borrowing. I would go into her cupboard and take her clothes and wear them when she had distinctly told me not to wear them. Then I would like wear them out. Somehow there would be like a picture on thunder.com of me wearing her shirt and she would find out that I'd worn it and ask me point blank about it and I would lie and be like, no, I didn't wear it. And like, lie, lie until the day you die. I even used to say that fucking statement. Can you believe it that that was, that was my tagline when I was younger? That's disgusting. Oh my word, yes. Lie, lie until the day you die. What the fuck? That was also because I was doing things like sneaking out and saying to my dad oh my word I'm going to I'm going to sleep at Trisha's house to have like an like a chilled girls night and then would end up going clubbing and with my like fucking someone's fake driver's license that I borrowed from them and like stuck my picture on to get into the club and then get busted for that but then lie again so I would lie through my teeth and it became a way of being for me which is not it was so incongruent with I think the soul that I actually am and for that reason and those life experiences I have a zero tolerance policy for lies as an adult I look back on that now and if, even when I encounter lies in my adulthood which I do and I'm sure we all do and you know you can call it a fib we love to like 
embellish these words and make them sound as if it's not actually just fucking lying, like a white lie or a fib. I'm also not entirely sure if the word fib is used internationally. I know that it is definitely a word that exists in the English language, but we use it locally in South Africa. And yeah, fib means basically like a small, unimportant lie. Anyway, I am moderately self-righteous when it comes to lying. And it leaves such a bad taste in my mouth. It really... And maybe it's because I hold myself to such a high standard now, having gone through those like life experiences and seeing myself, or actually not even seeing, insisting that I am a completely different person, that if I encounter lies around me, I just, it sits so badly with me. So as I embark on this commitment to telling the truth, let's get into a discussion around what lies are. So the line between lies and deceit is a very vague one. And coming up later in this podcast, we will discuss things that kind of align with those two things. The one being acts of commission and the other being acts of omission. I think that we kind of dance around those two terms. And when it comes to lying, there is definitely a scale of how bad a lie can be and when something is not that bad. But ultimately, they are all still lies, but they can be varying in their... I guess, malice intent and the amount of energy that goes into committing them or actually being involved in lying. So what Sam Harris tells us in his book is that a lie or to lie is to intentionally mislead others when they expect honest communication. And he goes on to elaborate and say that people lie so that others form beliefs that are not true. Hand in hand with the topic of lying, we have truth and truthfulness. And I think it's worth discussing this because there is a difference between the two of them. And someone might speak in truthfulness to their understanding, but what they might be saying might not be true. So there is a distinction to be made there. And he goes on to say, which is so true, <laughs> that if you speak in truthfulness but what you're saying is not actually true but it's true to you as far as you know and as far as your knowledge exists then that is not lying so if I truly believe that I left your handbag upstairs and I say to you I left your handbag upstairs it's definitely there but it actually isn't there it's somewhere else that's not me lying it just means that my version of the truth is what I know to be true might not be actually true. Wow, that's just said true a lot of times. True, true, true. But your intention to communicate in as far as you're aware or the knowledge that you have access to or your beliefs is what is the measure of truthfulness. So your intention to communicate honestly is what measures your truthfulness. I guess that comes back to intention, which as I mentioned earlier, is a massive indicator of the depth of a lie. Okay, now that we've discussed truth and truthfulness, let's keep the conversation flowing. What are some of the reasons that we lie? We lie to avoid embarrassment. We lie to disguise wrongdoing, to exaggerate accomplishment, and also to shelter people's emotions and to try and, I guess, in inverted commas, protect them. We make promises that we don't intend to keep and then also withhold truths so that we don't hurt people. And I also think we withhold truths so that 
we don't hurt ourselves because in some instances telling the truth can jeopardize your situation you know for example if you were in a workspace and you felt very strongly about your work environment there's a a need you might feel to not be entirely honest or to kind of lie about how you feel about something because you're protecting yourself or you perceive that you're protecting yourself because the debate can always be made that being honest might actually result in a better outcome for you and a better experience for you. So I don't always think that it's necessarily true that you're protecting yourself so much as you might be just sheltering yourself from discomfort. You know, if you think about the neurology of us as human beings as well, and if you'd listen to some of my my previous podcast with Nicole, how we chat about the brain and the way that the brain uses resources and that's to always kind of take the shortcut. So for us to form a new habit or to form neural pathways, if we have bad habits, it's quite a thing because your brain is like, why would I use this energy on forming a new pathway? Or why would I use this energy on putting myself in a situation of discomfort when right now it'll, it'll actually be much easier for me and for us if we just find the shortcuts or conserve our energy. So I think being intentionally honest requires a lot of awareness and a lot more energy at least to begin with because it's a different way of being and it is going to put you in a state of probably moderate distress depending on the situation sometimes maybe even extreme distress it's not something that comes naturally to us so it's quite an interesting thing to sit and think about In the book, Sam Harris goes on to give, as I said, lots of examples. One of them I would like to touch on is kind of around small lies or white lies. So I think for this podcast, I would like to apply it to a more everyday tangible thing, at least for me. I'm sure that there are people out there that are genuinely telling pretty big lies every single day, whether it's you're having an affair or you are doing, I don't know, taking money from someone I don't know what it is I'm sure that there are big lies that happen fairly often in the case of I guess myself it's more of the small lies kind of thing or the white lies kind of thing so that's where I'd like to keep a lot of the focus of this podcast specifically but I will touch on those other things as well so he gives us example of a small lie and the reason I'm talking about it is because I feel like This is the kind of thing that happens day in and day out in our social interactions, maybe even with our friends, with our family. It's the kind of thing that is not big enough to warrant being addressed in a very forthright manner, but it is significant enough to slowly chip away at the quality of your relationships. Okay, he gives us an example of these friends who were meeting up after not having seen each other for a while. So the one friend was staying over at a hotel um, in the city in which she was visiting her other friend and realized leading up to her visit that shit, she hadn't gotten her friend a present. So she needed to go get her friend something, but was running out of time. Okay. Instead of going to the shops, she noticed in her hotel room that they had quite a lovely little selection of shampoos and conditioners and body lotions and that kind of thing. So she collected a bunch of these things and wrapped them up as a gift to present to the friend that she was going to be visiting. Now, the woman who did this gift wrapping thing from the hotel has a child, a young child. 
when they arrived at the friend's house, after not having seen each other for a while, it was all, oh, hello, you know, la la la. She gave her friend this gift and the friend was really excited and elated about the gift that she was given. She actually really liked it. So she was like, oh my gosh, this is such a lovely gift. Where did you get it from? Now, the woman who had given the gift was kind of taken aback at the question. I guess she probably didn't anticipate being asked this question and responded saying, oh no, I picked it up at the, at the, at the store around the corner from our hotel. And then her kid jumped in and said, no, mommy, that's not true. You took it from the hotel bathroom. So that was kind of like an embarrassing, a revealing moment for the woman who told what is in essence a small lie. It's not a big lie. It's not even necessarily a harmful lie because I don't think that there was malice intent around it. But what it actually does is creates a sense of mistrust in the friends going forward. It might not have been intentionally harmful, but it didn't do much to increase the trust between these two friends. And it also reveals something about the friend who lied. It leaves a bad taste in your mouth, you know? And it leaves the person with the thought process that this person will lie when it suits their needs, okay? Another example he makes is of the classic, classic example of making an excuse to not follow through on plans with someone. So in the other example he makes, and by the way, all of these are stories that people had, had actually written in and submitted to him, which he used as part of the research for his book. So the second example is one, and I'm going to use the example of, let's just say, Morgana and myself. Mor Morgie and I are hanging out together, and um, while we're together, I get a phone call from another friend. And our, the other friend's phoning me, and she's like, hey, Danny, let's make some plans. Would love to see you. And on the phone call to this other friend, I make up an excuse about why I can't see her. Oh no, I'm so sorry, I'm really busy this evening. I've got this on, I've got that on. Meanwhile, I'm with Morgana and Morgana knows that I actually don't have plans and that I'm just lying in order to try and get out of making new plans. While once again, this is not necessarily a massive big lie, what it does is leave a bad taste in Morgana's mouth. Now, when Morgie leaves, and we move on with our lives, a week or two passes, and she phones me to try and make plans with me in the future, and I say to her, oh, sorry, Morgs, I've actually got plans, I'm busy, I can't see you. The thing that comes into Morgie's mind is going to be, hmm, I wonder if she's lying or if she's telling the truth. It just begs the question, is it worth it? Like, is it worth it? I don't know if it's worth it, guys. I really don't think it's worth it. I feel like it's always better to rather just be honest and... Just deal with the discomfort in the moment. It's really not even that big of a discomfort if you think about it. Like, what is the, what are we weighing up here? It's not really worth creating a, a weird dynamic or even damaging your own integrity and your own reputation. Ultimately, it's like how people perceive you, how you become known in the world, what people expect of you. To slowly chip away at that, telling little white lies here and there. It's just not worth it. Why not just be honest? Do you think it's like a matter of laziness? Maybe it is the brain thing that I mentioned. Maybe we just, we lack the capacity. We don't lack the capacity. We choose to not have the capacity to step into discomfort. Because lying is actually easier sometimes. Continuing on the, the conversation on these small lies or white lies. 
There's also the lies that we tell to spare others discomfort, which is similar to what I've just discussed. But I think maybe the issue with this type of lie is that it somehow makes you think that you're doing a good thing or you like positioning yourself in the viewpoint that you're actually doing something nice for someone by lying to them. In the book, he makes the example of the classic question, do I look fat in these jeans? He goes on to explain that this question could be interpreted from two different viewpoints. There's the chance that the person asking this question is asking from a place of seeking validation and needing to feel loved or seen. So if this was a loved one that said to you, do I look fat in these jeans? And you can, I guess, peel back the layers and have the awareness and presence enough to see the question for what it is. Then your answer doesn't have to entail a lie. If they, if they did, for example, look fat in a pair of jeans, then your answer could maybe be something that speaks to the root cause of why they're asking the question. Maybe you could like ask their question or answer their question with a question of self-interrogation for them. Like what makes you feel like you don't look beautiful? Or if you know that, for example, you guys are going out to a dinner in which the person might be seeing an ex or something that might be making them feel insecure, you could say, are you feeling insecure about seeing so-and-so later? Or whatever it is, but it doesn't mean that you have to just lie to them in order to make them feel comfortable to say like, oh no, you don't look fat or you don't look terrible. Or maybe it's a question of or a situation in which the person doesn't look good in the dress, but it's or the jeans, but it's not them. It might be that those jeans aren't actually flattering on you. Yes, why not try something else? So what I love about this example and about what he says as well later on in the book is that being honest and avoiding lies requires you to be extremely present and extremely aware of reality and where almost everything lies. So you need to be conscious of yourself, of the way you communicate, the way that you articulate your responses in order that you don't lie and that you can communicate with tact, kindness, and integrity. Because being honest doesn't need to be something that's mean and harsh. You can be honest to yourself and your beliefs and to the other person and do it in a way that inspires thought on their part or do it in a way that is kind and still uplifts them. And it also requires you to be conscious of the other person and where they might be coming from and potentially their intent as well. So it just requires you to be really grounded and really alert, I would say, to everything that's all the cogs that are turning at the same time, which I think is really quite a heightened consciousness and and elevated way of of operating in your life. And I think there's absolutely, I could think of no negative reason to to be honest and to, to communicate truthfully if you're doing it in this way. So there is merit in being honest as well. And one of the things that I absolutely love about his viewpoint, and it's kind of the real essence as to why being honest is the best course of action is because when you lie to someone, you actually deny them access to reality. So when you're lying to someone, even if it's about like, even if it's false praise um, or fake praise where someone's written a, a, a screenplay and it's really actually quite terrible, they've given it to you, they've said, hey, Danny, will you read over my screenplay? I read it. It's shocking. But rather than being honest with them and saying, listen, this is actually, this could be improved or 
I'm not really sure that this is a true representation of your talent. You know, there's ways of, of wording things. And maybe I just say, oh, wow, it's amazing because I'm avoiding discomfort. In that moment, I'm also doing that person a disservice and in all honesty, disrespecting them, taking away a growth opportunity from them by almost, it's, I think it's quite belittling in a way as well, because it's also like deciding for them that they won't be able to handle the truth. And it's, it's, an, it's an egotistical and moderately narcissistic way to navigate life where you think that you are, you get to be the person who manages and controls all information and you get to decide for another adult what they are going to be able to handle and what information they need in order to navigate their own life. It's quite an interesting way of seeing it and looking at it. And I really resonate with that way of seeing things. We infringe on a person's autonomy by lying to them in these kind of instances. And also our refusal to offer them honest guidance and giving them false encouragement, for example, can actually also be quite costly. It can be costly for the person at hand. It's a waste of time on their part. If you, for example, say to someone who had written the screenplay, oh yes, your work is brilliant. And then they spend the next two, three years of their lives pursuing a career in playwriting or script writing where they actually maybe should be putting their energy and attention elsewhere you're robbing them of hours of their life and really sending them down a fucking wild goose chase he he words it quite nicely he says when we presume to lie we decide we are the best judges for what someone should understand about their lives how they appear or their reputation deciding what someone should know about themselves is the quintessence of arrogance and it's disrespectful of those that you actually care about with these examples and also referencing the example i made earlier about lying about plans lying to someone and then they find out that you lie or they suspect that you lied or that it was a white lie. people are also so intuitive you know when someone's wearing something and they don't feel comfortable in it and they say to you, how do I look? And you say, oh no, you look great. Oftentimes I think people can sense that you're lying. I think we're such, we're such fine-tuned machines to energy and to intention. We really know how to read all of those, I think on a cellular level. And all of these moments of lying are little erosions of trust. And I think these are arguably, I don't want to say the worst because definitely big lies are terrible. Like lying to a degree where you're really hurting someone or endangering someone is a whole nother ball game. But these little lies are so much more insidious. And the reason for that is because often they go unaddressed because they're not big enough to demand your attention or to demand creating a scene or getting into a conversation about it with a friend you know they they're small enough that they they don't seem worthy of that level of intervention but they're so corrosive and are really super damaging to our connections and our relationships and more than that when you have these mishaps or these failures of personal integrity that people can pick up on they are not easily forgotten and there's really nothing you can do to erase these moments from people's minds. People remember things. We all remember things. We remember how people made us feel. 
And these tiny little moments or fragments of information that we collect over time form our understanding of one another. They form our understanding of our friends, of individuals, of their reputations, of the way that they navigate the world and what we can expect of them. Not sure if this is the right placement for this definition on the two types of lies. It's kind of far along in the podcast, but essentially he says there are two types of lies. One being the bad things we do, which are acts of commission. And then we get the good things we failed to do, which are acts of omission. And the difference between these two or the way that we can kind of gauge the intensity or the extremity of a lie is based on the value that we place on intent and energy. He gives this example where he says there's a difference between going into a supermarket and stealing $100 from the till, that would be an act of commission, versus leaving the supermarket with the cashier having accidentally given you $100 extra change. Let's just say you get $100 extra and then you leave the supermarket, then you realize, oh shit, they gave me extra money, and then not going and returning that money. Both of them are ethically inaccurate, or both of them are ethically wrong. In an ideal world, holding yourself to the highest moral standards, you would go and return that $100 bill, but people would judge you far less for the second example, for keeping the $100 bill, than if you had actually taken a $100 bill from the cashier's register. That's a good way of explaining the difference between the intent and energy that goes into something. Most of this podcast touches on the latter, which is, I guess, the good things we fail to do. And that being lack, that being acts of omission. Okay, so in summary, I'm going to go forth and, and not lie. But I would like to wrap up touching on what he has to say about lying and honesty. He says that honesty is a gift we can give others. And also honesty adds an element of simplicity to our lives. Because what it means when you can be completely honest is that you can just be authentically yourself in any given moment. And you don't have to pretend or calculate or keep track of what you've calculated and what you've communicated, etc. I think that sounds absolutely liberating. And I think I do that generally in my life so far but I I hope that this advocates for why it could be worthwhile exploring it for anyone listening the thing that I'm really looking forward to actually on this journey because I I love self-growth and I actually really enjoy putting myself in in stretchy stretchy scenarios and stretchy circumstances but he says that when you are honest and if you embark on this journey of truthfulness and speaking the truth in moments, it's a beautiful opportunity for self-reflection because in any given moment, you need to tune into what the truth is for you. And also, then you have to communicate that truth. And I think that is super duper revealing because if something small offends you, for example, and someone says to you, Danny, how are you feeling about this? And I have to communicate honestly and truthfully and say, actually, you know what? I'm not really happy about that. Let's just say that that feeling is, I don't want to say unwarranted because your feelings are always warranted, but maybe it's a little bit misplaced or a little bit of an extreme reaction to something that shouldn't really have instigated the reaction that it did. When you are forced to be truly honest, 
it means that you drop all facades and you present to yourself and to the world around you what's really going on. And in a weird way, like if I think about myself and sometimes how I feel in moments and how I stuff those feelings down or pretend that that's not how I feel or lie about how I'm feeling, that for me to go in in the opposite route and to be honest about how I'm feeling in certain scenarios might even be a little bit embarrassing for me. Like if I think about how I might feel in potential scenarios that would play out, I feel like slightly, I'm nervous about how revealing that is potentially to how sensitive I can be or how petty I can be. So it's an incredible opportunity for you to really understand yourself and to be forced to actually deal with the reality of, I guess, what's going on internally. I'm really excited for that. I must be honest. It just leaves very little space for you to hide. And it also, you know, if you if you're cultivating an environment of honesty, it also may result in certain relationships not being able to be maintained in this new environment. In summary, he has these kind of bullet points. Well, I've made bullet points of what he says. And lying is, in essence, an unwillingness to cooperate with others. I agree with that. It's an act of being untrusting and untrustworthiness at the same time. Completely agree with that. Because if I'm lying to you, it means that I'm not necessarily trusting your response to what I have to say. I don't trust you with the real information or how I don't trust you to be completely honest with you, but it also means that I'm untrustworthy because I'm lying. It's a recoil from relationship because being honest opens the door for communication. Lying, in a way, stops things in its tracks. If I was to be completely honest with someone about something I open the door for, oh, okay, you know, let's unpack that further. Or where does that leave us? If we reach a point of discomfort, it forces there to be an unfolding of events, of a conversation that needs to happen. But if I lie and I nip something in the bud to avoid discomfort, then in a weird way, I'm also dishonoring that relationship. I'm recoiling from relationship and relating to someone. I love this point, which is lies are an assault on the autonomy of those we lie to. That is so fucking true, guys. Lies are an assault on the autonomy of those we lie to. Literally. Literally, that's all. I mean, mic drop. I should literally just drop my mic on the floor right now because if that's not 100% accurate and can apply to a lie no matter what scale it is, then I don't know what is. That is so true. And another one is that every lie haunts our future. We cannot predict or anticipate when it will collide with reality. That is also so true because even if I have to relate that statement, I read that initially and I thought, wow, that might be a little bit too harsh of a statement to make considering that I'm talking more about small small lies and white lies. But if I think about that statement, even in terms of when, for example, I'll make make a perfect real life example for you. I will have had lunch plans with someone maybe on the Saturday, okay? Friday night, I go for drinks. I end up getting schmangled, get super drunk, end up having a big party. And, or maybe I have plans for breakfast on a Saturday morning, like breakfast and a a prom walk. Go out, party muddle ass off, end up getting home like the wee hours of the morning. In no way, shape or form can I possibly follow through with the plans that I made the next day. Rather than being 
honest about fuck look I accidentally accidentally jolted how funny would that be but being honest about my decision or my behavior the night before maybe I would say oh I'm really not feeling well or I have a headache or something I have done that before not proud of it have done that before okay now now going forward all I need is for someone that I was with the night before to tell the person that they were partying with me the night before for my whole lie to go up in smoke and for that person to now look at well it's just seen me in a different light you know and I have actually had that feeling before where I've thought fuck I hate lying I actually really fucking hate 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 lying but thought okay I've lied now because I'm trying to save my face I'm trying to save my reputation but actually if this person finds out that I've lied to them because and I cancelled plans because I was actually partying how bad does that look you know to me and to my reputation shocking anyway guys I really hope that this has helped give you something to think about it has definitely got the cogs turning for me and I'm really excited I never you wouldn't think that one would be excited but I'm really fucking excited to not lie and if this is something that interests you why not try it with me why not try it with me let's do a no lie challenge a two-week no lie challenge listen to the Sam Harris audiobook it's really short and easy let's do this fucking challenge and then next or the next week, when I put up my post asking you guys a question, I will be like, did you do the no lie thing? And tell me how it went for you, because I would love to discuss that further. Thanks to those of you who replied to my Instagram story this week about white lies. I'm also going to weave that into the upcoming episode. And y'all guys, pray for me as I embark on this quest. And also brace yourselves if you know me and if you're in my life. I will do the utmost to do this with tact, honesty, and love. And I'm sure I'm probably going to still end up lying here and there. So yeah, I can't wait to update you guys. Thank you so much for listening. New episodes out weekly. (laughs) Supposed to be Wednesday, but anywhere between Wednesday and Friday. And yeah, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please will you follow me on Spotify leave a review. I think you can leave comments at the end of these things. Share it with your friends. Please don't be shy to share it to your Instagram stories. I'm really trying to grow my audience and I would love your support in that regard. And please will you also leave me a rating on Spotify if you go onto my, I guess, podcast page you should be able to see a little star there and if you click on the star you can give me one to five stars i would personally recommend between four and a five but that's just me love you guys lots have an amazing week and i will chat to you soon bye